Psalms. Psalms chapter 37 says this, and of course I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It may be a tad different if you read from the King James, uh, but it all says the same. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. For they shall soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. If you keep going a, a little bit and, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll hit it, I found in this a great kind of how-to sermon. How to live well. How to live well. The best life you'll ever have is to live for the Lord. Can I get an amen? The best life you'll ever have is to follow Him, to serve Him. And, and New Year's, this is January 1st. I, as I shook hands to, to many of y'all before church, I asked you if you had any New Year's resolutions. Some said no, some said yes. But January is a time just fits. It's naturally a place where people resolve to do better. It's a time where fitness clubs will make, uh, here in the end of December and the 1st of January, they will probably make over 80% of their annual budget just in what people get right now. And uh, I found it interesting. We've, you know, different places I've been, uh, you know, they, they've got all the the, the, the bowl games up and the football games and all of that. And anywhere you go, I was kind of amazed when I began to look at the commercials. It seems like every other commercial right now that's airing happens to do with fitness or, or you know, buy a new treadmill, buy a new Bowflex machine. And I don't remember seeing that any other time. It just seems to be this time, December and January, you get it. And so uh, if you would like some help in those, I'll give you a few observations I have. Uh, it's better to exercise early in the morning before your brain figures out what you're doing. Somebody said they love to take long walks, especially when they are taken by people who annoy me. I have flabby, I have flabby thighs, but it's all right because my stomach covers them, so I don't worry about them all that. The advantage of exercising every day has been proven in science. It's proven that you will die healthier. If you're gonna, if your resolution is to, uh, you know, do some cross-country skiing, my advice is to start with a small country. It's a little bit easier, and walking can add. <laughs> I just like doing this because I just like hearing the different responses. Some of y'all don't get it. You have no idea what I'm doing. You're just like, please hurry up and start in the Word of God. Others of you are enjoying it. Um, walking can add minutes to your life which means that if you'll start walking, by the time you're 85 years old, you can spend an additional five months in a nursing home at $5,000 a month. That's what I was telling my mother uh, here just recently. My grandmother, she started walking, someone said, started walking five miles a day when she was 60. She's 97 years old, and we have no idea where she's at. Somebody else said, I joined a health club last year, spent about $400, and I haven't lost one single 
because apparently you have to go there. If you want to make sure you keep your resolutions, my advice is to write your resolutions on a piece of paper, put it in like a filing cabinet there, and that way at the end of the year, go find it, pick it up, and you have kept your New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution, this is for you, Zane and Grant, my New Year's resolution is I'm never going to give you up, never going to let you down, never going to run around or desert you. But resolutions tend to fit this year. Um, there's a, a website called Inc.com, more like incorporated, not, not writing ink, but ink, like incorporated.com. And there was an article I read by a man, a name called Peter Economy. And he, he wrote the top 10 New Year's resolutions in 2020. And he, he, in whatever study he's pulling from, he said that most people, uh, most studies will show that 60% of people will make a New Year's resolution. But when they go through and they, they poll it, they find that only 8% keep them. And so he began to study, and uh, there's a, a artificial intelligence by the name of Polly that you can use and, and kind of input data, and it will mine data. It's, it's a market research firm called Advanced Symbolics that uses online data, and it, this artificial intelligence will pull it all. And so they did that, and Polly... Uh, the AI looked at 274,000 plus Americans and, and found out what they thought their New Year's resolution is and looked at it over the last four years and here are the top 10 resolutions. Number one is to actually do my New Year's resolution. But then number two, try something new. Number three, eat more of my favorite foods. Number four, lose weight or go on a diet. Number five, go to a gym. Number six, be happier or have better mental health. Number seven, be more healthy. Number eight, be a better person. Number nine, upgrade my technology. And number 10, to stay motivated. That's what they have decided or found out through looking at four years. That's what the top 10 resolutions for this year will probably end up being. But I was looking because... I, I, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of New Year's resolutions. I, every year, usually around November, after I get done gorging myself for Thanksgiving, and then I realize I'm going to do the same all, you know, Christmas cookies and Christmas. Every year I say I'm going to lose weight. Every year I say I'm going to, you know, do something, and I never do it. So I, it makes me feel like a failure, so I'm just going to not make any resolutions about that. But I have made up my mind that there are some resolutions worth keeping, especially when they are spiritually based resolutions. Um, maybe one of your resolutions, I think Brother Lee, our assistant pastor, made mention of it as he opened, but uh, maybe one of your resolutions is, I want to attend church more. I want to I be faithful to the house of God. That is a resolution worth keeping. Or I want to read my Bible pray those spiritual disciplines that's a resolution worth keeping or I want to commit my my myself my firsts to the Lord my first fruits my first worship my whatever that might be my tithes my offering I want to do that those are resolutions worth keeping and in the mode in the, in the in, of, of New Year's resolution I was reading Psalms 37 now to be fair and and 
you need to read the psalm before 36. You need to read the couple of the psalms after. You'll understand they all kind of fit together. It's David's psalms. And David, uh, if you know anything about David's life, you know David had a life of ups and downs. And especially at the earlier part of, of his ministry, if I could use that phrase, after he killed Goliath and before he became king, he's running from Saul. There's a lot of things that are unfair happening in David's life, and David wrote about it. He penned it. He he journaled it, if you will. He sung about it. Sometimes he would be honest with what he's feeling. I feel like, God, you've forsaken me, but he doesn't dwell on that very often. In fact, it's usually he comes back and says something like, you know, the Lord is my shield, my buckler. He's my, my you know, my rock. I can run into the tabernacle. I can hide. And David does that. So a proper exposition of Psalms 37 needs to include the Psalms before and the Psalms after. But I felt the Lord impress upon me to take, uh, I think it's five of these first statements in the book of Psalms 37. And they make great New Year's resolutions for your life. So, starting with the first two verses, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Don't be envious of wrongdoers. They shall soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. I would like to just help you out if you don't know what resolution to make, or maybe, maybe let's throw the word resolution out. Maybe that's a, 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 a pop culture word. Let me just say something you need to work on this year. Don't worry about things that's not. The word fret means to burn, to get heated up. Uh, if you will, it's to get worked up. And honestly, can you imagine if David went through all of the situations that David went through in 2019, 2020? If every day that David woke up, he turned his Facebook on, and there was Saul's post, I wish I could find David. I want to throw another spear at him. See, David dealt with it and he didn't have to see the constant barrage of, of information and people but David's message fits not only in David's time but it transcends the, the generations and it works for you today and that is don't worry about what other people are doing or if you feel like uh, I, I could send you is it I think it's Psalm 71 my brain's not working I think it's Psalm 71 that says I, I, I look at the wicked and it seems like all the wicked does is prosper and, and they have everything going for them and everything looks good. Everything they have they turns to gold and here I am. That's what David is saying. Don't worry about others. Now, if you see evil in the world, there ought to be a holy anger. I'm okay if you get angry at sin. I'm okay if you get angry at, 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 at you know just the, the nature of this world, but... Don't let somebody get you so worked up that you're anxious and you're fretting and you're all worked up, you're all heated up, if you will. Because here it is, the Bible teaches us that if you envy the wicked, especially if you start looking at what they supposedly have, that envy leads to fretting. You start looking at what you think you don't have. You start comparing. You want to see what they have and does it match you and you start to fret and that fret leads to anger you can see that in verse 8 that fret leads to anger but his argument is this the wicked are temporary now we may we may look at it and say it don't seem temporary but you need to see through the eyes of the Lord they're like grass that fades away or is cut down and burned it vanishes don't 
don't fret. Number two, a great thing for you to do in your life is what verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Romans 15, 13 says it this way. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. A fretful heart, a worrying heart is not a trusting heart. A fretful heart has no joy. A fretful heart has no peace. A fretful heart is, is simply looking at what's in front of them and not seeing above it, not seeing what's behind it. They're just kind of caught up in the moment and there's no trust. But David reminds us, and I think it works well on January 1st, 2020. He tells you, trust in the Lord. Faith and works always go together. Uh, Psalms 34, 14. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Luke 6, 35, love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great. Galatians 6, 10, if you have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. There is a faith. It's a, what am I, can, I can do it. I can trust in the Lord. I can put my faith in Him and then I can live my life trusting him that now I'll be honest the the ESV version that I use that I study it's become my devotional uh, Bible that I read every day and the King James has a little bit different way that they translate what the English Standard Version says befriend faithfulness those of you that may have a King James it would say something like perhaps feed on his faithfulness in its, in its base nature and understanding, it's linking you to Psalms 23 to enjoy those safe pastures, to know that God will lead you by still waters and lead you to green pastures. And he's not going to let you go hungry. He's not going to let you fall apart. He knows. He's a faithful God. I'm getting ahead of myself, but later on, I think it's Psalm 62, I believe, that says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging I've said it behind this pulpit. David, who penned those words, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging bread. He himself had to beg bread one time. Running from Saul, starving, has no food, has no weapons, goes to uh, uh, the tabernacle and talks to the priest and says, is there anything I can eat? And they said, the only bread we have is the table of showbread. It's only for the priest, but we're not going to let you go hungry. They took that bread they gave David. He said, do you have any weapons? And they said, well, back here wrapped up is a sword. You may be familiar with it. It's Goliath's sword. It's been here uh, ever since you, 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 you came back with it. And, and, and so can I tell you, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. doesn't mean you're not going to have some bad times. It doesn't mean you're not going to have some hungry times. What it means is God won't leave you hanging. He may not send you a five-course meal, but I promise you, when you need him, he will show up. He's a faithful God. But I, I like the way my Bible, ESV, I like the way it says befriend faithfulness. 
It's not to deny, it's not to push over, it's not to push through the faithfulness of a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. But what it tells me is that if God is so faithful to us, why shouldn't we be as faithful to Him as we possibly can be? I think that's truly what the word trust means. And and to be honest, I think... It links to verse 4. His faithfulness causes us to do something. And watch what verse 4 says. And this is the the third one. So if you're taking notes, the first resolution, if you will, is to quit fretting. The second is to trust in the Lord. And then the third is to delight in the Lord. That's a weird word that we don't usually talk about. So give me a moment. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. The word delight, again, it's not a word we typically use. But the word delight, it comes from a root word that means to be brought up in luxury, to be pampered. And it speaks, I want you to listen carefully because this it's kind of a, a, a pretty big mouthful, but I hope I can get it to you. It speaks of the abundance of the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ apart from the blessings he's given us. There are too many people that enjoy the tangible blessings of God but have yet to figure out there is a greater blessing in just knowing God. In fact, it is idolatry to worship the blessings and not the blesser. It's idolatry to say, well, I got I got this, I got that, a new job, a new car. He provided this, he provided that. All what you're doing is worshiping the creation. Sometimes you need to step back and worship the creator, whether you've yet seen the creation or not. The word delight yourself in the Lord gives it a picture that in Jesus we have a treasure like no other and I'm satisfied by knowing him to know Jesus means I don't need anything else I uh, I, I could write a book and, and I really want to it's just some things are kind of too close to, to share if you will but I could stand and I could tell you moments my life, of our family's lives, I could show you the times where I didn't know what way was up, down, right, or left. I could show you dark times. I could lead you in some places where mistakes and and struggles and trials came. But I have learned this in my life. Because I'm touched by Him, because I'm connected to Him, because I've learned to walk with Him each and every day, I may not see the sun in the midst of the storm, but I've delighted myself in the Lord. I put my hand in Him, and I realize that the chief desire of my life is not the blessings, but the blesser. Listen to me. The chief desire in my life, call it maturity if you want to, call it, uh, uh, you know, growing up if you want to, but I've learned that if I can know him more, if I can be connected to him more, if I can walk with him more, that's what means more to me than anything else. 
delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart is not, as one commentator put, it's not a promise uh, for people who want things, but it's a promise for people who want more of God. This is the, 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 the huge change that I believe we need to have in our mindset going forward this year is not to want more blessings of God, not to want more things, but to want more of God. And, and having more of God, the end result may be 180 degrees different from what you you may not, he may not put you, he may not give you the job you think you wanted. He may not give you the things you you'd so desired. The Bible says you have not because you ask amiss. And here's the thing, if all you're wanting are the things, that's what you're asking for. But when you change your mindset and you begin to delight yourself in the Lord, then you know what to ask because you've spent time with I've learned this in my life. I have found it. I'm telling you, over the last few years, there has been a, a radical shift in my spirit and in my, my direction and, and in my focus. And you, you stop asking for the blessings of the Lord. My prayer is, God, I just want to know you more. Which leads me to some nuts and bolts for a moment. Because this is the time of the works best I am putting a challenge to you to delight yourself in the Lord means to get to know him more um, here in just a couple couple of uh, I guess weeks now we're counting down Sean and Audrey you're going to stand at an altar and say your I do's and be happily married ever after seems like there's kind of a little bit after, a couple months after you, it'll be Jared and Tiffany say their vows. You ever notice maybe some of you that are married go back to your dating times? You really didn't care where you went. You didn't care what you ate. You just wanted to spend time with them. Sort of how it is with the Lord. It really doesn't matter where I go or what I do or where he sends me or what I have. I just want to spend time with him. The best way you do that, you need to hear his word. I, I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer with all my heart. But I'm going to tell you, prayer without the word is empty. Because I would say that probably, and this is a made up, thrown out statistic, but way over half to 75% of our prayers is us talking to God, and that's all. You want to hear from God? Quit asking him to write like Daniel, you know, on the on the wall with a finger. Quit asking him to come up with an angel at the foot of your bed and tell you. That's not how God communicates mostly in the majority of it. He communicates through his, his word. And you need his word. You need to read the Bible daily. Uh, somebody said that if, if I got up here, just kind of like at the beginning of my sermon, we read the first eight to ten uh, verses of Psalms 37. That's what they call a pulpit rate. Just the way I read the Bible like that before I preach. If I read the Bible like that, 
it would take 70 hours and 40 minutes to read the entire Bible. 52 hours and 20 minutes to read the Old Testament. Just 18 hours and 20 minutes to read the New Testament. If you want to read Psalms, the longest book, it would take you about 4 hours and 30 minutes. If you wanted to read the Bible through in 3 months, you would have to read most likely about an hour a day. While hour a day of Bible reading, I don't do that, so I'm not going to expect you to do that. I'm not going to expect you to spend the next 70 hours. I know people who do that the first part of the year. They do nothing else except read the Word. That's awesome, but I'm not suggesting that, but just think, it's just 70 hours. 70 hours out of 365 days, although this year we have 366 days because we have an Easter. doesn't take that long. I'm challenging Lighthouse Church this year to read his word. That's one of the ways you delight yourself in the Lord. And so we want to we help you out. When you came in, you saw a little table that's normally not there, right there by the banister. And we have a, a kind of a lighthouse reading plan. It's a little bit different than maybe the bread program that we've read or anything like that. But uh, uh, basically, we're giving you the first page. It'll get you through February the 10th. We have Brother uh, Lee has been working on this, and he's going to have it where you can get it through your church center app. He can get it and get it on Facebook. We're going to keep you updated. Uh, we're, we're even committing ourselves to periodically preach from that day's uh, uh, Bible reading. For example, today you would need to read Luke chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. It's just three chapters. So even though we're almost to the end of this day, you could go home tonight, pick up your Bible. It'll probably only take you about 15 or 20 minutes. And you could read, but I want to encourage you to read the Word. Some of you could say, well, I have other ways of reading. That's fine. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just saying and asking and pleading with you that you need to make a resolution to delight yourself in the Lord. And the best way I know to do that is to spend time with Him and His Word. I've told you about one of the Bible programs I did for uh, last year, a year before, where I read a chapter a day of the book of Proverbs and a chapter a day of the Gospels and a chapter a day of the book of Acts and then a chapter that day of the epistles, including Revelation, which meant every month I read through Proverbs. Every month I read through the book of Acts. And, and it took about three and a half months to read through the Gospels. And it takes about four to five months to read through the epistles. It was life-changing when I did that. When I got done with that, I, I, I did more. I said, you know, I'm pastor. I, I've got to come to this church, and I've got to bring the word of God. And, and, Lord, sometimes I feel empty, and the Lord said, the reason you feel empty is because you're not spending time with me. You're trying to find a sermon, but you're not spending time. And so I have committed my life to now reading a chapter a day from every division of the Bible. The first five books of the Bible make up the Pentateuch. Then the next group of, of books is the historical books. That's like First uh, and Second Chronicles and First Second Samuel and all of those. And, and then you have your poetry books, and then the major prophets, the minor prophets, and then Gospels, the Acts, and then the Epistles, the Revelation. I read that every day. I try to do it the first thing in the morning. Sometimes I not don't accomplish it, but I have not let lately a day go by that I don't do that because I want to delight myself in the Lord, to pray daily, 
to spend some time talking to him. We're going to get in one more verse here in a moment, and I'm, I'm trying to, to, to hurry. I can get caught up right here. But uh, to, to, to read his word, to dwell on his word, and then to ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do today? We've also got one other thing that we would love for you to help us out in. That is, on that same table is a blank calendar for the January, and we would love to fill every day with someone, and, and hopefully multiple somebodies. We'd like to fill every day of that calendar. I mean, I know we kind of lost January 1st. I'm okay with that because I wanted to wait and talk to you. But I want to fill every day of that calendar with someone who would commit that day to pray and fast for your needs, for this church, for the needs of this congregation. And we would love for you as you leave tonight, and I think Brother Lee may even be there to help remind you, but we would love for you to find a day or multiple days and just write your name. And we're going to cover this first month of 2020 in prayer and fasting. The fourth resolution after you delight yourself in the Lord is to commit your ways to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. So I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'm, I'm going fast. I'm almost done. I'm going to ask you this question. I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to tell me it to you. It's 100% rhetorical. But my question is, have you committed your plans, your dreams, even your resolutions to the Lord? You say, oh, yes. I told God exactly what I want Him to do. That's not what that means. I told God exactly what I need Him to do for me. That's not what that means. To commit your way to the Lord means to ask Him first, then you plan. I believe it's the book of Proverbs that says the plans that man makes most often come to naught. But plans that you plan with God's direction will come to Trust Him. Commit your way to the Lord. A part of this verse in, in study that I, I took, I began to look at it deeper. Part of that commit your way to the Lord means to roll off your burdens, and it links it to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, to cast all your cares or to cast all of your anxieties to the Lord because He cares for you. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. God did never does not intend or did not intend this to be that you can throw your burdens on him so that you can be irresponsible. To say, God, I've got, I mean, let me just give you a very real understanding. God, I've got a lot of debt. I need you to take care of my debt. God says, all right, I'm going to help you. you. Got an uncle, you know, some rich uncle passed away, leaves you an inheritance, and now you, all your debt's paid. He didn't bless you so that you can go out and be stupid and irresponsible and get yourself messed up and dead again. But he will bear your burden so that you can serve him better. And I believe in this year, 2020, God wants to have some of you commit your ways to him. And the reason is he has something for you to do. He's got a purpose for your life. He'll take some of those burdens you're carrying. You can commit those to him. You can give them some of the burdens, and he's going to help you, but he's going to do so because he has. He wants you to serve him better. Number five, be still. 
Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way or the man who carries out his evil devices. To be silent, to be still. Easiest way to understand it is a calm surrender to the Lord. It goes something like this. And here's Psalm 62 that I told you I was going to get to. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be greatly shaken. He goes on to talk about those that are attacking and those that are trying to mess with them. But then he repeats in verse 5, For God alone, oh, my soul, wait in silence. My hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock. My refuge is in God. Trust Him at all times. Pour your heart out before Him. God is a refuge for us. It's amazing when you look at that. It's the, my soul waits in silence. Creative silence is a rare commodity. We can't, as a whole, we can't tolerate silence. You don't believe me? Let your radio station go quiet for 30 seconds. What do you do? Change the station. Watch a TV screen go black for a little bit. Can't handle it. We've got to go somewhere else. Even in a church service, I've noticed. You stop the music, you put the mic down. All I hear is coughing and muttering. We don't like silence. But I'm learning the value of quietly waiting on the Lord. Because I've delighted myself in Him. I've, I want to know more of Him. I've read His Word, prayed, and then I wait. I'm still. I'm not fretting. I'm not anxious. I'm not burning and waiting for something to happen. I can sit in His presence feel the peace of God that I can't describe because I am found him, I know him and he's there be still and the last one is to refrain from anger and again maybe even a bit going back to the first, refrain from anger and fretting, verse 8 says refrain from anger, forsake wrath fret not yourselves, it only tends to evil the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more, though you look carefully at his place. He won't be there. The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. It's not worth it for you and I to get upset because of the ungodly and whatever they're accomplishing or not accomplishing or looking at someone else and judging ourselves through them. To do so is to doubt the goodness and the justice of God. That word meekness has never meant weakness. Meekness, in fact, is power or force under control. To be honest, a meek person is one of the strongest people you ever meet. It's someone that knows the power but doesn't have to show it off all the time. Moses was quoted as being a meek man was also a man of great power. And I think all of this fits together. 
that when you don't worry, when you trust in the Lord, when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you commit your way to Him, it just leads to a quietness and a meekness and a freedom that you can't imagine. I don't have time. I'm, I'm running out of time. But I could, I, if you want some homework, go read the rest of Psalms 37. Verses 12 through 20 tells us that the Lord understands our situation. David starts to write about all the things that are happening, but God already knew. God knows what you're going through. Verse 21 through 31, it's the Lord blesses his people. He blesses them with their daily needs. It's the, it's the prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And the Lord, verse 32 through 40, the Lord is our judge. We don't have to judge. We don't have to worry. God, the, the, we, the, the chips will fall where they need to fall. Whatever needs to happen, I just trust God that He knows best. I think if you'll take those five resolutions to heart, you will find yourself in a much greater position this year. And I think you'll find that your, say, mental health even, will be greater because you've learned to trust in the Lord, to be still, to delight yourself in the Lord, to spend time with Him, to get to know Him. You won't have to fret. You won't have to worry. Would you stand with me today?